are here for another exciting episode of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Not only is this an exciting episode, Tara, but this is our last episode of season three. Can you believe we've gone three seasons on the Mindful Marriage Podcast? I know. It, yeah. it feels like it was just yesterday. It this does. Little, the idea got birthed. Yeah. In case this is your first time listening, my name is Brock. I'm the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship. And Tara, I will just, I will let her introduce herself here, I guess. So I'm Tara Wiedemeyer and I'm a licensed professional counselor. And just by the way, she's a, she's a darn good licensed professional counselor. Darn good. Darn yeah. good, by the way. All right. Back so, back Brock. so Tara, I have a few questions here for you today. Okay. All right, so I don't know if you knew this or not, but finances can be an issue of pain in relationships. I don't know if you were aware of that from your practice, your experience in your own marriage, all that kind of stuff. Just wanted to throw that out there to see if you were aware of that issue. I'm a, I'm a little aware of that. Yes. I think fi- uh, finances can be a massive stressor um, in general, but especially in marriages, because it's not just our say or our wants and needs. We have to consider um someone else in that. And so that's not always a fun thing to do. No, and that's, we've talked a lot and in, in about how each of us is on, had it taken a different path or a different road to get to where we are today. And so one of the things that I've often seen in working with couples, I don't know what your experience has been, is that when it comes to money, we kind of generally fall in two basic broad categories. One person's traditionally a little bit more of a saver. And one person is traditionally a little bit more of a spender. And so when you take these people that have these two different philosophies of how to deal with money and put them together, sometimes that can lead to some interesting conversations. Have you noticed that as well? Oh, for sure. Um, It can, you know, even if people line up a lot in like their beliefs or values around spending, um, if they don't maybe want the same things um, or what they, you know, choose to spend their money on, it can feel very much like oil and water. There is a lot of emotional charge around money and the choices we make about it, I think. Yeah, money, There is. I don't know why there's, so it, we'll get into that more, but there is a lot of emotional charge. And so Tara, um, I'd like to uh, us to play a guessing game real quick here. We're gonna guess each other, whether we're a saver or a spender, all right? I think so, we've done this before. Would you like to go first? I don't remember the answer, but I'm just gonna go with my gut or you can go with your gut. What do, what do you think? I'll let you go first. For you? Yeah. I think that you are generally a saver unless it is something that you've had your eye on or something that like is important to you, like, like a new bicycle or something. <laughs> Don't call it a bicycle. Call it a bike. A bicycle oh, sounds Sorry, so a bike. A bike. Me. Thank you. Yeah. I call it a hog too while I'm at it. No, because it's not a hog. It is a bicycle. <laughs> you just told me not to call it a bicycle. I know, but I just wanted to make sure that people. Oh my didn't. goodness. Because I didn't want people to kind of categorize me as that guy that wears a lot of black and Harley Davidson stuff. I didn't, you know, not that there's anything wrong with those kind of guys, but I, I'm not that guy. <laughs> to so all of our cool listeners, enough. sorry if that's you, that is okay. No, I would like to be Rock, that kind of guy. Rock I'm just not can't cool enough. Leather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not cool enough. All right. So you've, you've, uh, you've pegged me perfectly there, Tara. And so um, I would say that Tara Wiedemeyer is probably a closet saver. Like she likes to a like she, saver, like yeah. I'm embarrassed by. No, no, yeah, like you're really at your heart. You're you're a, you're a saver, but like the, but you like to project to the world a little bit that you can live it up and you're a spender. That would be my. Oh, that's like I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses. No, no, just like I'm like, like no, no. Because I've always said this. 
like you're a hipster, you know, oh so I'm, I'm, I'm not a hipster like Tara. And so like, she liked to project that here, I'm this big coffee drinker and all that kind of stuff, but it's secretly down inside. You're like, boy, I'd like not to spend that money, but I have to, because I got to keep up my hipster. Like I save my Starbucks cups and I make my coffee at home and I put it in there. Oh my Correct. goodness. Yeah. That's you. That's Tara Wiedemeyer. No, um, I, I don't, I really don't even know how to like refute or like come back to that um because I'm I'm confused yes I would it's hard and I also don't like labels so you can call that hipster if you want to but like I don't it's and it's hard to I think peg again with money it's fair it's complex sometimes I think if I had to be in one camp I'm for sure a saver um but not to the point where it keeps me from being able to like enjoy life or like you said coffee earlier like I know some people who are like you know if you would if you wouldn't drink that, you'd save this much a week, a month, and a year, and you could buy this. You know that's kind of how my dad is, um, and so he will do without maybe something he has a preference for in order to save. And I, I can do that in some things, but I also want to enjoy like if I can afford to do so, and I'm not being wasteful or hurting us in any way. I want to be able to have small things like that, um, and I don't guilty over it and it's done in a budgeted way if that makes sense um but no I think for sure more of a saver than a spender I definitely used to be more of a spender um I think having children for sure changes that um just getting older yeah yeah yeah. um so you're more of a reality saver spender so like, sure, you can live awesome. life a little bit, you can save a little bit. So proving once again, that Tara is kind of just the perfect human being is kind of what oh, okay, thinks. false, not at all. <laughs> no, but I try to, I try to have some balance in there, you know, okay. um, I try not to be extreme because I've done that, that didn't work out too well. So, and, and so what we said earlier, there's a lot of emotional charge when it comes to saving and spending. And so there's kind of like this psychology that seems to be at work and how we make those decisions. Like it's more than just about money. It's kind of like we're either kind of fixing something from our childhood and saying, I don't want to live that way again, or we're running all the way from our childhood. And so is, do you think that's accurate? Is there like a, like there's, there's a motivation internally for us of why we view money the way we, we do. Oh, for sure. I think a lot of it is, um, it can be, you know, where we come from and like what we saw either modeled for us or like maybe we went without or we saw our parents, you know, disagree on certain things or whatever. I think that can for sure play a role in it. Um, but I think also our personality has a lot to do with it. Um, so I definitely think it is a nature nurture kind of situation, but I think no matter if you have a little or a lot, um, we see that finances or even like the communication around the finances can be um, an, a big area for conflict or disagreements um, and stress. So I think, yes, there's definitely some, there's psychology in it. And um, I think it's important to confront that so you can understand kind of why you do what you do and maybe help your spouse better understand where you're coming from. But a lot of times when we confront it, like, you know, as we would want, to see like, you know, healing happens or we can find some freedom in certain areas, whether that's giving ourselves permission to spend or save more or find more of a balance um, or find compromises. 
that hopefully people can, um, they see that to kind of start to like take effect. Yeah. So really I'm kind of what you're saying is like, it's so important for us to understand why we have our feelings and emotions and our style of money, like gaining our own perspective of ourselves. But then mm -hmm. it's so important then to hear the perspective, like we've been talking about all season long of the other person, because one of the things that you've helped me understand is like when the other person might have their view of money, saver, spender, doesn't matter, combination of both. But if they feel like the, the one spouse is kind of dominating or not allowing them to share a little bit, they start to feel like their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions are minimized. Mm -hmm. Whenever someone feels minimized, that's never probably a good thing in the relationship. And so it's so important, especially when it comes to finances, to make sure that we're hearing the perspective of kind of how they view money and how, why that's an important factor to them. And so I think that's such a big deal is that we're not just going into situations and conversations where we're saying, hey, here's my view, you're going to adopt this one. But we're going in trying to say, I want to understand where you're coming from and your path, your background on money so that I can have a better appreciation and understanding of you and make sure you never feel minimized. For sure. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, money kind of, I hate to say this, uh, but kind of rules the roost in most areas. And for a lot of us, you know, I mean, that's, that's what we need. We all need it for most aspects of life and that's not going to change. And so there's a lot of times for a lot of us fear, I think that dictate that dictates our, our, the conversations that we have around it um, and what we choose to do with it. And I think it can even get to a point where it, it can kind of like, it can control us in a way, like, or even like the fear around it or fear of not having enough or hitting our goals every month, you know, it can, it can kind of get front and center in our heads for a lot of us. And that is a very, um, and it makes sense, but it doesn't, it's not helpful. Um, and it, it, if we hold it that either, I don't know, it's not loosely for sure, but like hold on to it too tight or we have like this really rigid idea or budget or mentality around it. You know, anything we do with that, like that's an area where I think conflict can for sure happen in a marriage. Yeah. Cause we've talked before about <clears throat> in the middle of conflict, if that emotional energy uh, meter is going off at all, typically the things we say uh, don't come across very well, but man, finances can almost be, like that emotional meter is always going off when things are tight, when things are a little rough, wondering what the future is going to hold. It can really have a lot of emotional impact. Mm -hmm. And then that emotional impact can cause us to say, do things that may be minimizing, hurtful, painful to the other person for sure. Yeah, definitely. So there is um, one of the things that I work with couples that are getting married. I have them take this uh, assessment. And one of the things we do is kind of look at their views of money. And at the end of that assessment, there's some questions on there. And I wanted to run these by you and think if these would be good, helpful questions to kind of gain the perspective. And so, um, you know, so these are people that have spent a lot of money on this assessment. So Tara may disagree with them. And so that's that's all right here. We'll see what happens. So, no, uh, I know this assessment and I think it's great. It's a great tool and it gets people at least talking about hard stuff. I think it's awesome. Yeah, because, again, we're just trying to hear so we can understand the other person. So like one of the questions is, you just kind of fill it in afterwards. Each person takes a turn answering like, in my home growing up, money was. So you're just kind of exploring kind of what the past was like a little bit. Uh, another question would be kind of looking at that emotional meter. Like when I think about our financial future, 
fill in the blank. Like I have a lot of fear, I have a lot of anxiety and why and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so these questions might be ones if they're helpful, kind of write them down a little bit could, to, you could spend some time with your spouse going over them. Another one is the thing I appreciate about, uh, sorry, I can't even talk there. The thing I appreciate about you in relationship to money is thing I appreciate about you in relationship to money. So we're kind of looking at the positive side uh, of things. And the last question I had was, when it comes to money, I'd like to improve my, so it could be you answer the question. So they're just kind of open-ended questions and just kind of, again, trying to know the inner world of what that other person feels when it comes to money and making sure that they're feeling very heard. Is there any other thoughts or kind of questions that you've experienced? No, I love those. And I think open-ended questions, first of all, in general are helpful and are a great way to get someone else's perspective or insight for sure. But around money too, like it's so difficult not to go into these conversations or events with our own agenda um, or like, you know, having like our plan already kind of laid out and we want to make sure that the other person buys into that. I think that is so difficult to do, but Again, if we were to do that with open-ended questions, it makes it more difficult to to go in with a, an agenda, I think, some, mm-hmm. or hold on to it at least. And it helps us listen better or hear, really hear what they're saying. Um, and this goes back to some of the, even the basic communications of what we talk about, like active listening and, you know, not coming up with your response as they're talking, because you're going to miss the heart of what's being said. So no, I think those questions are really good. And I think um, generally when people talk like that, it creates so much good conversation and hopefully it minimizes the, not necessarily the discomfort, but maybe the, it might make both people feel more safe um, and validated if it doesn't, if they're not trying to one up each other or talk over each other, or it's getting heated, you know, and if it does, which these conversations do a lot, it's okay, like going back to some of the other episodes, we talked about this, but take breaks, hit pause, know that you don't have to figure it all out in one conversation. Sometimes a compromise is the best option. Um, even if that means we don't get our way. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think one of the things that I really learned uh, early on is like this. So finding when I was talking about finances with my wife, this is where I really got an insight into me and how horrible I was at the beginning of our marriage. Cause like you said something there, like I was coming in with my agenda thinking it was the best way to do things and saying, Hey, here's how we're going to do things. Cause I, in my life, from my road, my path, this is the best way to do things. And I'm pretty much, like you said earlier, like a, a saver, like I like to have as hoard as much as possible. And, my wife kind of comes from this perspective of like, yeah, we need to do that, but we also need to enjoy life. We need to spend some time enjoying our family, our friends, time around us. And I think in learning that, it's like it made me a better person because it kind of brought some balance to who who I am. And so just going in with my agenda and saying this is the better way, it's not like we're accepting influences we've talked about before from mm-hmm. the other person and learning how to grow. And so we're really kind of looking at this like maybe there's some um, dark sides to how I view money. And maybe I need to have some more balance. Maybe I need to have a different perspective to kind of even me out a little bit, make me a better person. And so like God has given us this person to kind of help us do that, not just in other areas of our behavior and our character, but even I believe in terms of finances, God has given us this person to bring us balance. Well, and sometimes again, if you just, 
there's sometimes where you just, you don't know what you don't know, but also maybe you've never considered an alternate route. And that's what having conversations with anybody else can hopefully bring about. And I think, you know, we might be more aware of where they're coming from, but in the end, it also makes us more self-aware if we can stay open-minded and open-hearted in those moments, which is difficult, but doable. Um, so yeah, I think if it's kind of like, you know, we put boundaries around how to communicate and how to have healthy communication very much this area, like it is healthy and appropriate to put even boundaries around discussing money, but also around the money itself. I mean, that's what a budget is, but that to me, that's a, for sure, a team thing. Like that needs to be, even if one person like pays the bills and like kind of like heads that area up, you know, to get that budget set up, um, whether both are working or just one, like if, if you are married and you share your money, then I think sharing in those decisions and it not having to fall, even if that one person says like, I like doing it all. I don't, that's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we probably, that goes into expectations and all this other stuff, but like those, even if one person is going to kind of like head that up, I still think it's, it's a good idea to get um, both parties to weigh in and to ask questions and to, you know, figure it out together because it affects both of you so greatly that why would you not want to do that? Yeah. And we don't want just one person to be winning all the time no. when it comes to finances. We want to both be heard, both feel valued, both feel that we're not being minimized. And so we both need to have our voice. And so if some person is winning all the time and dominating that, that's probably, that's a sign that maybe we need to go back and revisit this topic and have some, some discussions about this. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, boundaries, even like coming and everybody, everyone's different. And I would, I think the four questions that you asked would be, that's a great exercise to do with your spouse, but even like, just like setting a budget is, can feel super overwhelming, but there's, there's templates online. There's ways to go about doing that. You can start small and add to it over time. But I mean, a budget is like a boundary, like agreeing, like we're not going to spend over X dollars you know, without talking to each other first, um, or we're going to sleep on it, not make like rash decisions. Are we going to like, if, and when will we ever use credit cards? I mean, there's so many areas where we can go in and kind of explore and be curious with each other. Mm -hmm. That would lead to some, I think, very, um, neat conversations, but also like tell you where your boundaries even need to be. Yeah, I agree. And my wife and I, uh, years ago, I mean, finances were kind of a big area of contention for us. We had a lot of a lot of fights about this. And then we actually took uh, Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. Uh, us too. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I don't want to overhype something because like, I'm not a big money guy, but that was a game changer for us. And it's not so much, I mean, Dave Ramsey does a, does a good job and we don't buy into all the principles of it, but we buy into a lot of them. And it was just so nice because it's like, now, all of a sudden, we both were kind of on the same page in terms of the things we we're talking about. And one of the things I really like about Dave Ramsey, too, is he's got kind of the baby steps, like here's some goals to kind of walk through, like here's step one, step two, and that kind of got us on the same page. And it feels like since we took Financial Peace University, we've actually had financial peace in our lives. 
and we've kind of been more on the same page. And so it was, it was really a game changer for us to just uh, take a course or something where we're kind of on the same page. And it seems like the fights went from every other day to once every couple months or something like that about fights. And so that was, that was huge for us. Yeah, no, I think it's a really great resource. And, you know, I've seen people that drink the Kool-Aid for lack of a better term with it and (laughs) buy into all of his principles and some, you know, pick and choose what works for them. And I think like do what works for you, you know, and there are, it gets people talking again and it gets them on the same page. Like when we did it, you know, we weren't, we didn't have kids yet. And, um, we, so we weren't saving for their college educations and that kind of stuff. And so some of it is maybe not super necessary in that moment, but it gets, it puts it on your radar. And so when you do have kids or you're even like maybe planning to have them, if you want to shift your budget around or, you know, just modify things, I think it's a really, it's a good tool for that. And that alone, even like, um, but it, it teaches you how to do, have a budget, like the, so many things. So, yeah, I think it's a really great resource, but there's so many, maybe too many financial resources out there. And so it can be overwhelming. And so even like if you don't want to do financial peace, like asking someone where you've, you know, that you trust and understand how to do that stuff, sit down and help you make a budget or maybe your spouse actually can do that. But that's been an area you've avoided because you don't want to fight. Maybe this could be an opportunity to try to, I don't know, like start some of those conversations and see how y'all do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing that it's really nice too, about something like a financial peace university is I feel like it kind of says, I'm going to put value in someone that's a saver. And I'm also going to put value in someone that's a spender. And it's like we talked about before, it feels like it takes the best of those worlds and says, Hey, let's make you a better couple than you are as an individual by giving you some, some, peace in both of those areas and some, some uh, focus on both of those areas. So you're not just spending or saving all your money. There might be some seasons that you need to save like crazy. If you're getting ready to buy a house or whatever's coming up or like case in my uh, world, college just seems to be abounding around me spending for kids, but there might be some seasons, but I think it really does a good job of kind of taking both perspectives and says, let's value both of those, which is really to me kind of what we've been at this whole season is trying to hear the other person figure out what your agenda is, but also hear what they're having to say. And then together, that's probably the sweet spot where God has brought you together as a couple to kind of start to live in some grace and forgiveness and harmony with one another. Yeah, that's very pastoral of you. Pastor. Thank you. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to drop the pastor card on me there. But No, you. but it's true. And I think this is, again, this is such a... Um, it can be such a raw area, I think, for a lot of people. And so it does feel, it feels really good. And it, I mean, I guess let's use the word peaceful again, peaceful for to not have at least, at least hopefully less conflict, but hopefully we can avoid conflict altogether um, in this area. But like, because it feels like it does kind of bleed into so many things in our lives, it's a, it's a big topic. And so I think it carries a lot of weight. And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from, if not from other areas. And so, you know, but to have that kind of, I don't know, like growth with your spouse and be able to like, know that like that person is a safe space to land um, and to like talk this out or to wrestle with like, do we want to do this? Do we not want to do this? I think is, it's really, it's, it's just a really cool thing to get to do with your spouse. And when you set financial goals and then you meet them, like, 
that is very satisfying and rewarding. And y'all can say, you know, we did this together and it is, it just, it's very unifying. Yeah. And, and you made a statement the other day that I think is so important. Um, you said when it comes to finances, like when your spouse wants to talk to you, I mean, you should, your lead should be when they want to talk to you about something financial is like, what are, what are they saying? I want to hear them. I want them to feel heard. And oftentimes what happens is we lead with a no or a yes. Mm-hmm. And when we lead with a no or a yes, or we're already preconceived in our mind, that's what we're going to say. It makes that other person feel a little devalued. And so just like, how can we just, even if they're talking about spending and we're extreme saver or vice versa, but just how can we listen, hear their perspective and value their perspective is really kind of what we're after. And I mean, if I, I say to young couples all the time, man, if the, one of the first things I would do and if I was getting married again, would be to take a financial course as early as possible so that we could be on the same page. Because like you said, it does kind of set the table for so many other areas of listening, compromise and working together in our relationships. It really does. No, yeah. I do. I, I think, yeah, we, um, that's something Daniel and I try very hard to do when we don't always hit the mark. But because again, I mean, we all have our biases and uh, emotions attached to all these different things. But you know, if we lead with no, we are shutting that other person down or it's an automatic conflict or it, it's hurtful. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not our goal. And so because we don't want to hurt people, even if we have different or hurt each other, because we don't want to um, do that, it does help us be more open-minded to the other person's like wants or suggestions or ideas around it. And that has been helpful over the years. Yeah. Well, Tara, on that note, we have wrapped up just now season three of the mindful marriage podcast. Who would ever thought three years later that we'd still be doing this thing. So uh, yeah, it's crazy. So thank you for all of your time and your perspective and, and two for couples. I mean, I know I say this a lot, but if man, if there's just, as you're talking about finances and it's just can't get to a discussion point, it's just too painful. Adding a third party, really does help. Like if you go to a financial class, there's some instructors that can meet with you or man, we need to go meet with someone. Or I was going to say that I'm starting a financial business next week and for only 99.95, I can meet with you on oh, multiple on 99 occasions and Stop. you can get help with your finances. Don't, you don't think that would be helpful since I know nothing no, about money? Don't, don't do it. Don't no, do I wouldn't either. That'd be horrible. To come day to job. Yeah. Money decisions and me, that'd be awful. So Tara, thank you. Um, and thank you. Uh, just Congratulations thought, on wrapping up another season, Mr. Yonke. Yes. And so now we're we're being mindful of uh, being in the present, listening to our spouse, gaining their perspective. And so we should be perfect at gaining perspective after this season, I think. So how about continually growing? Perfect is like a, that's a, I don't like that word. All right. Potato, potato. We'll, we'll oh, go about okay. how you want to say it. Okay. So thank you, Tara. And we'll see you guys all in the fall for season four. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.